The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon. We're going to have a great show here for you. We've got some incredible things going to be happening in our area, and this this program you definitely want to listen to. I want to bring in Kathleen Hawkins with the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce, and you know, in light of the recent sort oh, by the way, you guys did an incredible job coordinating all of the efforts that uh, you guys had. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate you having me here today. You know, this is really a catastrophe that happened here to Hendersonville, and a lot of our businesses were truly affected. Did you have the final number of, of those businesses? I can tell you that there were 136 businesses that were impacted from minor impact to devastating impact. 74 of those businesses had serious impact that either temporarily or permanently shut them down. Initially, it teamed up with FEMA and SBA. And with SBA, of course, that helps the the businesses. Right, right. It also can actually help residents that have lost their homes entirely, um, you know, if they need assistance. But they predominantly impact and, and assist businesses that need suggestion. And they will actually still be at the Hendersonville Chamber office until February 12th. So if you haven't registered with them, I encourage you to do so before February 12th, because if you find out you have a major expense that isn't covered by insurance in the future, if you haven't registered with them, they won't be able to assist you. That's not good. (laughs) Well, that kind of segues right into what we're going to talk about. Early on, it was it was brought up and look we've got to come up with in this area we got to come up with a concert we got to come up some that we can really raise a, a lot of funds for those businesses we started kicking around the idea of putting this which is a lot of work <laughs> putting together something this big so let's jump into that tell us about it okay absolutely I'm so excited about Hendersonville is rising I can tell you that um, the biggest question that I've gotten so far is why isn't the insurance assisting the businesses and I think it's important first of all for everybody in the community to know that just because a business has insurance, like one of our local businesses that is currently still closed has insurance that covers their employee wages. So they're able to continue paying their employees while they're waiting on rebuilding. That lowers the chance of them losing their entire staff and then opening up again and having to retrain and rehire and, and all of that. That just makes their burden more difficult. But many of the businesses impacted in this area did not have insurance that way. And will ultimately, if it takes six months or three months or a year or three years to rebuild, we'll have to retrain train all their employees. But it also goes down to something as simple as this. Like one of our businesses on West Main Street has a sign in their front. They didn't receive a lot of building impact, but their sign was damaged and it's a $40,000 sign. And their insurance, they've got great insurance, but their insurance has a $500,000 deductible. Well, the franchise owner is the one that has to pay for that $40,000 sign, which wasn't in their budget. So it can be everything from needing a few desks to not having a certain type of insurance to not having enough insurance to cover the damage, you know, we really need to step up and serve and, and offer some business grants to assist these people from anything from employee assistance to to signs for their businesses to help them get going. Well, I know early on you were talking about uh, trying to get some monetary donations from individuals to, to come in, and, and some of those probably came in, but I think uh, an effort this large, when you're talking this many businesses, we need something on a larger scale. So, the benefit concert seems like the perfect thing to cover that. Well, we're hoping so. We're praying so. Hendersonville is Rising is going to be an amazing star-studded event with, um, I can tell you, we have nearly 12 or I think almost confirmed 12 um, celebrities that will be performing. We've only announced two. We'll be rolling out new announcements on HendersonvilleJam.com as well as Hendersonville Rising Facebook page. You can see them daily, the new celebrities that will be appearing. So far, we've announced Morgan Miles and Josh Miranda, both amazing Hender civilians, which is right. which is quite quite special, and um, with the country music background or with the music background our city has, everywhere from Johnny Cash to Taylor Swift, it's just great watching these musicians come together, donating their time and their talent to perform what we're calling an Opry style concert with a bunch of amazing celebrities all donating their time to make a difference and assist these businesses in the community. And it's only $55 for a ticket. I had one person complain about that price, but you can't go to the Opry and see these this caliber of people for $55 and knowing that 
100% of that ticket, actually, no, I lied, a small Eventbrite fee will come out of that, but then the rest of that ticket price will go straight to a business in 37075 to make a difference. Well, I got to tell you, and I, early on I posted uh, my Facebook page that this is a, a concert that has not been seen. This is going to be legendary because what it's going to do is impact our business community. People are going to see really top caliber entertainment. Uh, so, and, and the numbers that I'm seeing so far and the, the talent that's there, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So you got to jump on this and get your ticket. Now, where's it going to be? Um, it will be at Premier Event Center, Hendersonville. So it's right next to Strike and Spare on Volunteer Drive. Um, we're so thankful that Premier Event Center stepped up and donated their facility to us. But I do have to tell you, it will only hold 750 people theater style. So, and we've already sold hundreds of tickets. So like you said, don't wait until we announce yeah. all of the celebrities because we will be saving the best for last. And um, you don't want to wait and then want a ticket and not be able to get one. You can, you did mention monetary donations. You can go to hendersonvillechamber.com and sponsor and with sponsorship it does include vendor boosts and it also includes tickets to the event but you can also go to hendersonvillechamber.com and you can sign up to donate a silent auction because we'll be having a silent auction that day where all of the proceeds will go to support these small business grants so you can donate a silent auction item um, or just come on out and sign up to try and win I'm competitive so I am always all over those auction tables yes, you are. to try and win <laughs> auction items well, and I think that's a big thing because some of these artists are actually donating some items and some of these are, are pretty impressive. So you, you got to come in and check it out and, you know, all the funds. Now, this is the thing about it. What people don't realize is that 100% of everything that comes through that through this this concert goes right into the grant fund that mm -hmm. will support our businesses. That is correct. And if you're a business out there that was impacted and you're wondering if if you're part of the 74 businesses, you know, it's it's been really challenging for us, especially if you're not a chamber member, to find and to contact all of the little businesses that, that we didn't have personal relationships with. Like some people, like Chris from Pizza Ranch, he called me on my cell phone like within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, Kayla from Big Play Entertainment. He was on my cell phone within and within a couple of hours. Ultimate Party, same thing. So if we, if I have relationships with them, I was able to identify their needs and get them dumpsters and get them volunteers and help them immediately. But a lot of these little businesses that we don't have relationships with, maybe we just had to kind of drive around and try and find them. And the sad part is, is a lot of those businesses didn't even have signs. You know, they didn't have walls, they didn't have signs. So we just knew that somebody was there and now they're not there anymore. So we've been trying to work with the city and, and the police department to try and identify those owners. But if you're a business and you're listening right now, what I want to let you know is you can contact the hendersonmillchamber.com or info at hendersonmillchamber, 615-824-2818. And you can say, I need help. And like I said, it can be anything from an office chair to um, a desk. We've gotten desks for people to shop backs to whatever it is that you think you need help with a new sign. Um, it doesn't matter big or small. We will be allowing you to apply for business grants. And then we will have a select committee that will review all of the grants based upon how much money we raise. And you don't have to be at this concert to make a donation. You can go to hendersonvillechamber.com slash events, and you can make a monetary donation for as little as $10, as much as $20,000, whatever your heart desires. And, and I can assure you as a 501c3 that has no operating expenses because the Hendersonville Chamber operates the Chamber Foundation, all of the donations will go directly to support these businesses and help us thrive 37075 once again. With this kind of concert, and it really takes a big effort to do this, and you're going to need a lot of volunteers. And of course, with the chambers being as huge as it is, and I'm sure we have a lot of folks that will be participating in there. And will there be food there? Um, uh, there will be food. We're going to have food vendors and alcohol vendors um, and non-alcohol vendors, uh, as well as dessert vendors. So like Brewster's Ice Cream is going to be there. So we will have food vendors present. We will have meat sweats. Martin Tudon with meat sweats is going to be out there selling barbecue. We've got a pizza company coming out. I can't tell you who it is yet because we're still working on the final details of that, but we will have food and beverages available for purchase. Now we are not catering that in advance. It's all available for purchase, but they are all donating 20% of all items purchased that night to the chamber foundation. So okay. you can drink and party with a purpose because you'll be making a difference to somebody else. Yeah. So when we get to talking about the sign on auction items, I know that uh, I mean you're an expert at this but a lot of these these items that we're donating can be anything from something as small as a picture on up to paintings guitars I mean who knows what we're going to get here uh, as it proceeds forth 
Yes, we do have a guitar, and I can tell you it will be autographed by all the musicians that are performing there that night, so that's going to be quite a prize. That will be up for um, the auction. We do have a very, very well-known celebrity is donating two um, portraits of famous musicians, and um, one I can tell you is our dear friend Dolly, and it's a signed painting from that musician, so that's going to be um, quite fantastic. But we also have things like massage gift certificates. We we are looking for gift baskets. I would really love to have like a cabin in the mountains, you know, a, a week cabin in the mountains rental. So if somebody's out there and you're listening and you're like, you know what? I own a cabin. I can, I can rent it for, you know, this week or give it for this week in the mm. year or whatever it may be. Please make that donation. Again, it is a charitable donation for a 501c3 tax deductible organization. So with a concert of this, you know, we have to keep things running and keep things moving smoothly. So with a, an event this big, you know, got to keep things moving along. I understand we got a celebrity MC coming in. Yes, we do. I'm so excited. Our dear friend Bree Smith from Channel 5 is going to be our MC that evening. You know, it was really um, challenging because we were sitting there thinking, okay, who can we have MC that can range from all the types of musicians that we have? Because we've got some, we've got a wide range of musicians, something for everybody. And Bree is the perfect match. So she's going to be keeping the evening flowing um, and keeping it going. And she just jumped on and said, anything I can do for my city, I am there to help well and that's that's great because we're going to have some great talent coming in here and i know that uh you know as this as this thing progresses along we might even well i mean if i, I just say this if you'd like me to call taylor i, I can give her a call <laughs> Abs- get, absolutely make that phone call and it, she's welcome to donate us a million dollars just like she did <laughs> the community foundation yeah. um or a silent auction donation item whatever whatever you can work out well, whin you know if only you know we had that kind of pull, but that, it would be super if, if Taylor showed up. I mean, you just never know. But anyway, you know, it's going to be a great event, and I applaud you for, for really taking the bull by the horns here and really making this thing kind of work because, you know, you're going to have some incredible people coming through that building. You're going to have a great time, and, you know, for the small amount that they're paying, it's going to a great cause, and... I just know it's going to be totally successful. Well, thank you so much. And I know you're, you've are you volunteered to play a role too, so you'll be helping us um, do stage managing with Sam Gilbert from Rock Castle. So thank mm-hmm. you for that, for helping make sure our A-list celebrities are taken care of and everything's smooth and organized in the back. But I also have to say that this is a team effort. This is not just me or the Chamber team doing this by ourselves. Um, this would not be possible without Andy Gilly and Wade Evans with the Parks Department. They have both stepped up and they're doing amazing things to make this happen and it's, it's been a group effort. Well, the Hometown Jam is big, and they've done really quite well with the Hometown Jam concerts, and I'm glad that they're participating in this. And, uh, hey, it's just it's just got to work. It will work. It will work. I mentioned this, or Andy and I mentioned it together, I think, simultaneously before the holidays. And when I got back, Andy was like, okay, this is what I've got going on. And I was like, whoa, okay. He knew how to make things happen, and he started securing talent. And, and it's just it's been really exciting. And what makes my heart the happiest is to keep music alive in the city of Hendersonville. You know, Conway Twitty, Johnny Cash, all of the people that are here um, to keep music alive and to really honor and see the love of the community during a challenging time has just truly been music to my ears. Well, it it definitely is because just like you said, preserving the music history, it's just got to happen here. I know recently we had some news about Conway's house and what's going on with that due to the storm and, you know, things change, but there's just... We, we just got to preserve this. And, and all the folks that live here in Hendersonville, and I think a lot of these, these entertainers are stepping up to the plate. Oh, absolutely. And, and they're right here. This is their home. Yeah. Josh Miranda, the reason why he was the first one we announced is because he was the first one that called Andy Gilly and said, this is my hometown, man, whatever you need, I'm there. And we've been getting calls like that consistently when we rolled out the benefit concert. Um, I can tell you that I've heard from so many musicians in our community. It's been just such a blessing and such a gift that that we're, we're honored. So um, thank you again. Remember, it's January 30th. Doors open at 530. The event starts officially at 630. Silent auction does start at 530. So come in and get your bids in early and it's going to be a good time. People are asking when it ends. Um, We still have people wanting to perform. So right now we're saying 11 o'clock, you know, it may end at 10 once we get our timeline wrapped up, but I would say keep your calendar open till 11 because it's going to be a really good time. Well, you're not going to want to leave. Right. You know, especially who ends up uh, showing up late and the entertainers coming in. You never know. We might have a surprise at the end. Well, I can tell you now that you just mentioned it, there are certain celebrities that um, want to make an appearance, but because 
because of the contracts that they have in play, it will not be advertised. So we will not announce everybody who will be okay. performing. There will be some prizes that will happen, surprises that will happen that night. Okay. Well, we look forward to it. So we've been talking with Kathleen Hawkins with the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce. And look, we have this Hendersonville is Rising benefit concert to help our businesses that have been affected by the tornado right here in Hendersonville. you got to write it down. Put it down. January 30th. You can was, get your tickets at hendersonvillejam.com. You can sign up to be a sponsor. You can make a donation or you can sign up to donate a silent auction item at hendersonvillechamber.com slash events. There you go. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Hey, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight, uh, right here with Jeff Shannon. we got a Sunday morning show going on here. And listen, what you're about to hear is going to amaze you. I thought it was such a fascinating story. And we actually have a tornado victim survivor. She was right in the midst of it. As you know, a lot of the businesses along Main Street were totally damaged. And Big Play Entertainment was one of those businesses. I mean, it's amazing that anybody survived that. But Caitlin Woodmansey is here. And Caitlin, thank Thank you so much. When I heard your story, I, I just said, we, we, you have to come in and tell the story. Just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, y'all. I'm Caitlin. <laughs> um, nice to meet you. It was something that I think that you'll never get over. I was telling you before the other night when they were calling for big wins again, it was just like my heart started racing and I called my husband. I was like, let's get the house ready. You know, it's just something that I don't think you'll ever Right. It, you're not going to get over it. And we've had winds here before, you know, but nothing like what we experienced there. I mean, of course, there have been other tornadoes coming right through here, just right. different paths and such. But, I mean, you've been here a while. And uh, where did you grow up at? So I grew up about an hour from here um, in Scottsville, Kentucky. And then my dad started working down here and he moved down here. So I pretty much moved down here when I graduated. I did do a little traveling. was blessed enough to work and uh, save up money and be able to travel. But this has kind of always been home mm-hmm. outside of that. So you... You live here in Hendersonville? I do. Okay. Let's see. So when Big Play, and they haven't even been open that long. That's right. what's so crazy. Two months, <laughs> if that, yeah. And so you were hired there as what? So I was like administrative, HR, payroll type person doing the paperwork, the behind the scenes type stuff. And then once that was done, because that doesn't take all day, I would come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how fun. Well, let's uh, kind of walk through that day, if we could. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as you you know can handle it. And, and talk, right. But I think it's good to talk about it. Yeah. I'm definitely a talker um, and that was one thing you know when it happened you know I wanted to let it out talk about it and I think some people were like oh you're just beating a dead horse and I'm like you got to get it out if you do not talk about it yeah you're not going to be able to get through it. So so that day, come in just like a normal day. You know, we had a lot of parties. I think there was like eight to ten parties on the list. We had a party of 99 that day. It was a uh, corporate event around 4 o'clock. I was leaving around that time, supposed to, to go play music. Um, I was going to play at the Rutherford that night. So I was closing out deposits, getting things ready for the night. So the night crew had a smooth you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> ending. <laughs> and uh, I get my backpack and everything. I set it on the counter and I walk across to go talk to the manager about the deposits. Were you like in the front of the building or were you back in the in the back, very back where the offices are? That, so that I was um, kind of in the middle where okay. um, there's an office right in the middle behind the bowling counter. Okay. And so I walk from there to the other side where the arcade is. Okay. And I walked over there to talk to her about that. And that's when our phones went off. Um, and the code red thing, just like... Yeah. yeah, and a, a little bit before that, we knew there were going to be heavy winds and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we had made an announcement. There's like an automated message that said, hey, make sure you listen to the team. There's, you know, implement weather coming. Okay. So we had already made that kind of announcement, but didn't think anything about it. Sure. So I went over there and all of our phones started going off saying tornado, tornado. So um, Caleb, our GM, he goes outside and almost immediately turns around and says, get everybody to safety. So my 
my immediate thought is I run to the very back where the go-karts are because I knew that was the farthest besides the bar and I knew somebody was handling that and I ran back and I said get the kids out of the go-karts let's go we got to get them to the center so we get them to the center of the building and I start well I go to the go-karts and then I go to the arcade park and start going to each game because even sometimes when we're going to close down people are like in the little games and you got to check each one to make Mm -hmm. sure that everybody's everybody's out so I was checking every game and then we get everybody to the center and I mean there's two to three hundred people mostly kids they're crying people are freaking out a lot of people are like we would just want to leave and we're like yeah we can't you got to stay right here (laughs) Caleb's like just walk around make sure everybody's okay you know as much as they can be Mm -hmm. and about that time the power starts flickering so I start walking, you know, in the area that I was, and I get to the very end person, and I said, hey, you guys okay? And he's like, yeah, thanks for asking. About that time, I hear the wind change. Like, you could hear the change. And I look back, and I saw the roof cave. Wow. And I turned around. This was over by the bowling alley this, side. No, I was, at this time, I was in the arcade where the go-karts were. Okay, all right. So, wow. So you. <laughs> so was... we, we had, on that side of the building, we gathered everybody in the cafe area, okay. which was the center of the building. On the other side, they had gathered everybody kind of in the same area adjacent, but more in the bathrooms, because okay. they have a bigger bathroom over there that mm-hmm. everybody could fit in. And those who couldn't fit in it were towards the bowling counter. And so I saw that. I heard the wind. And and you just hear our other managers, Brittany and Caleb, they say, get down. And I mean, I don't know. I just felt like I just took my arm and I just kind of, we just jumped on top of people to make sure that they were okay. Different people had different experiences where they were. Some people felt the wind so strong that they had to grab onto stuff to hold on. I was kind of where I was, like I said, I was just laying on top of people and we had kind of a table over top of us. So I didn't feel that pull, but stuff was flying. You just, the things that I felt, it was not what I expected in a tornado. All I could think of in that moment was when you're in school and they tell you, put your hands on the back of your neck, protect your neck. So Mm -hmm. I had my hands on the back of my neck and I could just feel stuff flying and hitting and it was hitting and it was things like, it just felt like gravel and rocks just hitting you and hitting you. And plus it's pouring down rain. It's December, it's freezing cold. And you just hear everybody screaming and crying. And, and then, pipes were busted. and it, Yeah, it, like all this water's just pouring out geez. along with the rain. Yeah, And all this stuff's flying and you kind of feel the change in the wind to know that the tornado's gone and it's just the remnants of the wind now and the mm-hmm. rain. And it happened pretty quick. It, I mean, happen- it didn't I hang mean, around. It, it probably happens like 30 seconds to a minute, but it feels like in that moment, it feels like forever. And it's like everything went into slow motion. Yes. It's like ex- you see in the movies. It's like, whoa. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. the movie Twister where they're kind of, they're strapping in and they're like watching. That's kind of how it felt. So then kind of feel the change. And I stand up, and everybody, I mean, it was kind of like that. It kind of went into slow motion at that moment. Everybody's kind of getting up, like, looking around like, oh, my gosh. And this whole side of the building is just gone. And I think you don't think about, like, all the pipes bursting and all this stuff. When you think about tornado, you just think everything's gone. But there's, I mean, there's water gushing. There's still ceiling tiles falling. So then, you know, I start walking, and I see Caleb and Brittany, and they're up as well. They're like, okay, we got to get everybody to the other side of the building because everything over here is just falling, yeah. like, yeah. continually falling. So I knew whenever we had gotten everybody to the center of the building, there was a couple of people didn't come over to the cafe area they stayed under this excess bar that we had and that was maybe 10 feet from the go-karts which was absolutely destroyed Mm. and so I run over there and there's like wires hanging down in front of them and I'm like we've got to get you out of here and there was a young girl who was actually videoing at the time um, and she was behind that bar you probably saw that or heard that video it was her and her uh, little siblings and she was just trying to calm him down and in that background I can hear myself And I know exactly what moment that was. It was when I was over there trying to get those people away from those wires and out from under that bar area. Um, So we get them out and everybody's getting everybody to the other side, um, to the bowling side. So we can start accounting for people and start Mm -hmm. getting them out of the building. And again, at this time, water's still pouring down. It's freezing cold. People are screaming and crying. My phone's blowing up. I'm getting, you know, phone calls. Are you okay? Are you okay? You know, my husband's just down the road 
um, at the house, all the power's out. He's freaking out. And all I can say on the phone is, I love you. I'm okay, but I've got to help these people. And I hang up, you know, and that's all I can mm-hmm. say. And my mom told me later on, she was like, what you don't realize is on the other side of that conversation, what I'm hearing is you say, I love you, I'm okay, but I'm hearing people in the background screaming and crying. I hear you saying you're okay, but I just don't, I can't believe that, you know? Um, well, I think you go into a, a different mindset. You go into a different, you know, like yes. fight or flight kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You get focused on this and everything around it doesn't matter anymore so right. much. You have a main goal and that is to save these people and get them in a safe place. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's me, like I, um, and I think Caleb as well, as the other managers who were there, you know, that was our priority. That was our heart. You know, I grew up in the church. I grew up servant heart, serving people. Mm -hmm. And that was my heart at the moment. I've got to get these people to safety. I know I'm going to be okay. God's going to take care of me. And he has. And that's kind of where my mind was. And it wasn't, you know, all that adrenaline, everything. It really didn't hit me until probably the next day when I was in the shower, like mm-hmm. all the, the soreness and the, mm-hmm. the pain and the just emotionalness sure. of it as well. But so once we got everybody to the other side is when we started accounting for people. So I just started walking around to each group and saying, do you have everybody you came with? Did you, is everybody with you and is everybody okay in your group? And for the most part, everybody was with their group already because we had enough, a minute or two to gather everybody to the center. And there were just minor injuries, things falling on people, hurting them or things like that. But, you know, we're very, very blessed that, you know, the reaction time of hearing the phones to go and to look mm-hmm. and everybody, mm-hmm. it was, it was really God because we had not talked about, okay, tornado happens, you're going to go here, you're going to go here, you're going to go here and get these people. Sure, you it, got 200 people in the building. Nobody got hurt severely yes. or pat, that. That's a miracle, a right miracle. there. A miracle. It's got to be. And so, you know, like I said, I was going to each group and you got everybody, you got everybody. And then, I mean, the fire department was so quick. Like, by the time we did that, we got everybody over to that side. I started walking and accounting for people. They were already there and they were already in there getting people out of the building. And so as people were walking out, I'm like, you got everybody? Yes. Okay. Then walked with the fire department back to the back. They made sure everybody was there. They get all of the gas lines, all that. They, that's kind of, I guess, their yeah. game yeah. plan. And they yeah. were getting all that stuff off. We walk out and everybody in the parking lot and everything. And like I said, I mean, it's still pouring down rain. It's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Go out. Oh, the cars. I mean, a lot of them were destroyed. There was a truck that was almost in the door. Um, and the guy was pulling into the parking lot and it lifted him and pushed Push him. him right. Oh, wow. He was able to get his car out. But, you know, a lot of the employees cars, mine included, were picked up and moved or glass shattered, things like that. I didn't realize until the next day. I thought I just had a dent in the side where another car hit mine. But I had a complete hole in my roof of my car. Um, And I didn't even realize that until the next day. You know, everybody's out there and, you know, still crying and trying to get rides. And I don't know if you were out that night or... But, you know, the the roads were, I mean, it was just standstill. It's completely blackout. Yeah. You couldn't see anything. Nothing. No. It was standstill out there. So, I mean, there was people who waited. Like, I know myself, Caleb, and the other managers, we were there until the last person got mm-hmm. a ride. It was hours before some of them could get people to pick them up or, yeah. you know, get any, any way home. And even if their cars were okay, some of them were like, I, I can't drive right now, yeah. and I completely understood that. People were having panic attacks, still crying. Kids, I, I mean, those kids are going to be traumatized. Sure, yeah. You know. I mean, it's something that when it comes through like this, it's how do you train for that? I mean, it, you just never know, uh, you know, with this kind of situation because it happens so fast. Right. You just go into an emergency mode in your mm-hmm. head and just things happen. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, you said we just had opened, so we mm-hmm. really hadn't talked about, you know. Emergency plans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were talks and there were things, you know, just plans you know legally you got to draw up things but really talking to the team and getting a plan established wasn't but 
I give that glory to God because we were all on the same page. Yeah. And we all went to different spots and got different people and made sure. And, and there's no other way than just up above to make sure that's all in order. Sure. We're talking with uh, Caitlin Woodmansey right here, and she is actually a tornado uh, survivor. She was in the big play entertainment complex that was b- basically totally destroyed mm-hmm. with over 200 people in there at the same time. And you and the team, I think, did a magnificent job. Uh, you go into this this mode you're helping people and that's exactly what you did y'all are heroes i mean you don't think of it that way but when you hear this story what you did helped save the lives of of a lot of folks Mm -hmm. so kudos going out to you and the team and 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 caleb and you know everybody involved it was just magnificent you know what you did and we hate that you had to go through that yeah but we use it as a learning experience not that the next time it happens hopefully it won't absolutely you'll react you know you'll learn from what happened the fact that you survived that's incredible like we said, it's probably a miracle. So what what's in store for you, Caitlin? Yeah, so hopefully Big Play will be open and bigger and better than ever, and I can go back. Um, I'm a new mom, so I just had a baby in October. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so, you know, I the schedule that Brandon worked with me, even though I was doing the administrative stuff, he let me come in at nights. And, okay. um, and so right now I'm just going back to serving, and I also play music uh, with my band, The Highway Wildflowers and um you guys are good thank you (laughs) you were on hendersonville has talent we were we were okay yeah so i'm just you know gonna focus on that in the time being and just uh serve some tables until we see kind of where we're at and what the plans are you know focus on my little baby (laughs) there you go well that's that's what's important right now so i mean you know take care of yourself Mm -hmm. keep busy you got to do that yeah and look the baby will keep you busy you know how that is (laughs) but listen thanks so much for coming in and telling the story i mean it's just literally amazing well thank you for having me people have asked like what do you need what do you need and sometimes it's not even stuff it's just a listening ear right. and i think understanding with those who were impacted by the tornado and who were in it understanding that they're going to need to talk about it and it might be a year from now when the mm-hmm. next storm happens mm-hmm. that things come up but that is the it's free and that's the biggest thing you can do is listen yeah. and be there for them well great advice great advice right there all right well that's going to wrap up this segment of this i mean it's almost like we need video of this <laughs> i know <laughs> to make it it's just it but you you painted a great picture and you can visualize and and look hopefully nobody has to go through that ever again but uh, thank you so much for coming in Caitlin Woodmansey right here, and she was an employee of Big Play Entertainment, and she is a tornado victim survivor. Thank you so much. All right, so listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. You've been listening to Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon, a public affairs program heard right here at WHIN. You can also hear this broadcast and other episodes on our podcast page at whinradio.com. And if you'd like to appear on this program, just send me an email to jeff at whinradio.com. Stand by. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Well, it's Sunday morning. We are back with more of Sumner County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon. And, you know, we're going to kind of expand our topics here a little bit. You know that healthcare is pretty big here in, in Middle Tennessee and in Hendersonville and Gallatin. We've got some great facilities in here. So I wanted to uh, bring in this young feller over here, Rod Hackleroad. I hope I said that right. Hey, it doesn't matter if you do. It's Harkle Row, but hey, you know, I, it's a tough one. <laughs> I, I, I was, I did that on purpose. I wanted, to, I was just testing you, see if you. Knew. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I've been trying to get you on for a while, and I know you've, you know, had a lot to do <laughs> since since coming aboard here. So, I guess you're the marketing president of High Point Health and the CEO of Sumner Regional. Yes, definitely. So, do you have any time for anything else? <laughs> Well, I mean, I try to keep my wife happy most of the time, but you know, one thing in my kids. But I'll tell you, work is work will get a hold of you. Yeah, well, and especially in healthcare business, I mean, that's twenty four hours a day, yeah, you know, pretty much. And then you got to keep up with this Carrie over here. You know, she's she's our superstar, right? Yeah, here. you know, the marketing people they work you hard too. You know, they always want all your money, so that's you got to be careful about them. Well, that's why she has the you know security everywhere she goes. We got the paparazzi always following her. You know, she she's just that way. But we appreciate her very much. She's doing a great job, by the way. Oh, I mean, I don't. 
don't how does it, it, with all her duties i don't know how she keeps up with it so congrats <laughs> so i tell us give a little background uh, how you got here yeah well i mean you know actually i was working for the duke system in north carolina but you know to really look at it i mean i'm from middle tennessee actually my dad played football at tennessee and i'm you know a big tennessee fan but i mean i went to western kentucky university and got my nursing degree and thought i went to downtown st thomas and worked at midtown as a open heart icu nurse and uh you know i loved it and i thought that was my career and actually i transitioned out to gallatin you know probably in around 2007 and was a nursing supervisor actually at, at the hospital i'm running today and wow yeah and so uh was a nurse there for a while and then somebody tricked me into going into administration i went to vanderbilt and got my business degree and then before i knew it i was out running hospitals <laughs> <laughs> they go yeah we'll get him <laughs> yeah we'll get him but i enjoyed you know but, but really what brought me here, i was in north carolina working for the duke system running about a 400 bed hospital and susan peach who used to be the ceo mm-hmm. In the market uh she was retiring and somebody said Do you, are you ready to come home and i was like shoot yeah my wife is gonna like me 10 times better if i can get home because <laughs> well, all our family's here so you know i just kind of packed up the bags and and, and came back to where my roots were here mm-hmm. in gallatin well and it, you just kind of feel at home here you know? oh yeah. yeah i mean it's great to come back and the same doctors that that i remember when i left a lot of them are still here and some staff that i hired are still here it's just a great feeling to be home yeah no absolutely and with such a a, a great facility that you all have and you know you're we're going to talk about an expansion and some great news coming up in the next uh, segment i must say uh so we'll be talking about that but you, you just got a lot of things going on over at the hospital the primary care expansion what, what's involved with that you know, what the, one thing that I got back to Gallatin, I realized even in Sumner County, there's a shortage of primary care. I mean, and if you look at some of the national data, we've had 40 primary care shortages in the market. So if you're a patient and you're trying to get care, you have to wait a long time. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things I realized, and I not only for my family and my friends, is like, we've got to go out and hire some more primary care to market. Mm-hmm. And over the last year, we've, we've had eight more primary care providers and a big focus at Sumner Station. We have five brand new providers that are well-trained and uh, started actually over the last four months. Wow. You know, and I see things that are posted all the time because, as you know, we have just tons of people that are moving here. I mean, constantly. And everybody's new. So the first thing you see on social media, any recommendations for primary care, you know, those kinds of things. And they're just trying to uh, get a handle on it. But that, that's great. You're expanding that. Yeah, everybody's really looking for Because, you know, what tends to happen is you tend to go to an urgent care and the costs are higher. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, and now a lot of the urgent cares, you know, are staffed differently than maybe what they were. I mean, you have a lot of nurse practitioners and PAs, which do great job. But sometimes as you get older, you look for some internal medicine providers that are more acute care to kind of deal with chronic disease. And so trying to get more of that into the market so we can take care of patients is really important. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. But you find, and I've started seeing this, it's like, man, People quit getting sick. <laughs> it just seems like it's going crazy lately. Yeah, I mean, the hospitals are, I know for us, we are packed. And, you know, talking to our sister facility at St. Thomas downtown, they are packed, I think. And even, you know, knowing what's going on in the market, I think all the hospitals are feeling this. Now, all this organic growth in the market's driving a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. But also, I think you're right. You look at RSV, you look at even, you know, COVID's probably on the smaller side now, but really a good little hit with um, the flu as well. And you add all that together and you got people who got lung disease and COPD and heart failure, and you start creating a recipe to really start getting some admissions and, and people needing doctors. From an emergency room standpoint, what, what, what are your numbers looking like there? I mean, in the emergency room side, we probably see at both sides about 130 a day. Um, and from that end, you know, from at the main hospital, we've probably seen about a 10% increase probably about a week before Christmas. So you see people, and they're coming in sicker than what we normally see. So, you know, we're pretty blessed because, you know, we have all board-certified physicians in our ER. But but it even talked to the docs like, wow, people are a little sicker this year. I mean, we're seeing a lot more admissions off of that. So if you're out there, you know, take care of yourself, you know, get your, you know, get your vaccines, whatever you feel, see your doctors, do all the good stuff. So what do you think it, it, it seems to be the most popular illness or problem as they come into emergency room? You know, it's really right now, it's kind of like, I, 
you look at this fluid overload from, you know, heart failure patients, you know, retaining fluid, we see a lot of respiratory issues. It's probably, yeah. I'd probably say right in this time of year, respiratory is probably the driver of it. A lot of RSV, difficulty breathing. Um, you know, we still see, you know, our fair share of orthopedic people who fall and injure themselves. Mm-hmm. But, but I'll say in the past where I've normally seen like one big powerful diagnosis that's driving that 10, 15% volume increase, it's really kind of been sporadic a little bit this year too, which tells me that there's a lot more people living in this area seeking healthcare when when they're getting sick. Well, I think with our elderly population, yeah. and that continues to grow, as you know, and with all of our you know health the facilities with the older folks and things of that nature, you know that's got to be a thing as well. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, you know, they always say you know if you're under five or over sixty five, your risk are higher. So I think you're right. I think the more, um, I mean, it's a great place to live. I mean, and we're mm-hmm. getting people moving in, but I think you're right. The elderly is always highly at risk for anything. So uh, I agree with you. That's a big driver. And, you know, luckily we're blessed. I mean, we've got two great facilities here in Sumner County. And and I say that from the Hendersonville Hospital and ours. I mean, we take care of people in this community. And so it's really great that, you know, that we've got this access to care. But I will tell you, there's a lot of people coming to the hospital right now. Wow. Well, I know. This thing with RSV, and I just popped in my head that, I don't know, maybe it was around, we just didn't hear it about it. But now I thought it was just a baby thing, you know, just RSV for babies. But now, I mean, it's affecting like all of the population. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Growing up, or at least when I was in nursing school, the RSV was driven off of babies. You know, they would mm-hmm. come in, there would be respiratory distress. We'd put them on, you know, tents and we'd give them the medicine. But, you know, it just shows you how viruses and things uh, and, you know, bacteria over time adapt. And it may be a population of the, the infants and children, but it has moved into the adult side of it. And you're right. And how the patients manage that or how the symptoms are, you know, they're a lot of the same, but you still have to treat it to try to get people better quickly. Oh, no, absolutely. And look, with all these new babies being born here, Man, I think people have finally figured out what causes that, and uh, <laughs> we see the the increase of, of that. And, and we just had a, a young dad uh, the other day that f- come find out somebody you know had sneezing and coughing. He said, oh, "You can't be around. I got a newborn. Stay away from me." You know, kind of. So they're protecting their baby, you know, from from trying not to bring it home, which I guess is understandable. You know, new parents they're going to be that way. Listen, I've got three. My third one, my last one born, we're like whatever he can pick up. That first one, you're right. As a nurse, I was protecting everything. I was was wiping off all the groceries and yeah. it didn't matter i was like stay away from my kids so yeah, yeah those first parent years are uh, you're going to protect the world right i mean yeah um, but i'm with you you're you're seeing that uh and, and you're right you look at the babies i mean we're having a younger group of individuals that are moving into the market too i mean if you look at some of the data so you know, I think getting to healthcare and trying to figure out where to deliver babies and and you know, I look at us with what we we deliver, you know, 800 to 900 babies a year and we've got four great physicians, but what we're seeing is even our OB is getting backed up. I mean, we've got two new providers. We went out and partnered with the local group in town to add to the market because there's oh. so many people, yeah. you know, that are moving the area and they want to have babies. So, a lot of and we have a lot of you know, as we'll talk in the next day, a lot of future strides of what we can do oh, for yeah. uh, delivering oh, absolutely. babies. Absolutely. And speaking of babies, I guess you uh, had the first newborn of the of the year. Yeah, I mean that, you know, that's always, you know, exciting thing, you know, for the hospital to kind of we kind of celebrate that first baby that's yeah. born and and you know, I know Carrie over here cuz the marketing people love this, right? And well, these are cute. <laughs> and so I know that Carrie, I mean, when you look at celebrating that, how do you I mean, what do you think about the new baby from a marketing side? Oh, it, it's just one of those things that we love to take pictures of and share, and our community celebrates with us. Um, probably one of the most shared and liked and hearted posts on social media all year long. So we had a baby Adeline born on the first. A mama delivered via C-section. Very happy family. So not um, at two o'clock from, in the morning. So I was no, like, yes, um, wait, wait till later. <laughs> um, let's see. Dr. Tressel from Gallatin Women's Center delivered mama, and they're just a 
healthy family and headed home and um, lots of great things going on in the women's department. I think people are realizing we've got a great facility in Gallatin. We have the advanced perinatal certification um, and what that is is the first in the state actually and it just shows the rigor that our team, our director Amanda Snyder and her team of nurses went through with the Joint Commission which is a nationally known accrediting body to say we have processes and standards in place for um, mothers and babies whether they're from prenatal care all the way to postnatal care so they monitor all these different metrics track them to ensure that we are delivering the safest highest quality care so that's a really um, a testament to how far we've come is that we're the first in the state to achieve this advanced certification yeah. it's like in Gallatin it's not in Nashville it's in Gallatin right well and you know the great thing if just in the gosh what in the past uh, maybe six months or so I've been watching all your press releases coming across and you guys have been getting some great accolades from all over the place yes so that, we have. well hello <laughs> <laughs> well you know one thing I always say growing up and being a nurse too i mean outcomes for patients and creating standard of care is really important to me so mm-hmm. you know whether you're at st thomas downtown or here we want to drive care the same way and i think and and meet national certification because nurse national certifications say hey if i come in with this going wrong with me you're using standardized medicine to take care of me and you know and i think that's where healthcare is going because that's how you drive down harms that's how you make your facility stronger so i'm proud of our team i mean not only from heart for ob for neurosurgery everybody's jumping into we've got to be better cuz we're taking care of our family and friends every day yeah absolutely you know the thing that fascinates me is your communication system throughout the healthcare industry where you can access records that fast x-rays just like that no having you know send over the x-rays now you just go online it's right there you've got all this information right at your fingertips that the docs can go okay i i see what's going on now you know it's good to have that information oh listen when you're taking care i mean i mean even as a nurse at the bedside i mean i look at where we were 15 years ago i was you know writing on a piece of paper what <laughs> what was going on with the patient and now somebody can come from one of our smaller hospitals out in carthage and we can pull up their images we can see what's going mm-hmm. on their lab where we can see it immediately so we can make good diagnoses quickly and and treatment methodology so you're right healthcare is changing you know for us too we're really getting part of ai we're partnering with a company palantir that is really coming in and trying to use our systems to kind of help the nurses have an easier work our patients to be able to call out and and to be able to ask doctors questions at the bedside and instead of waiting for them to round so there's so much technology technology that's yes. coming in the oh, future yeah i want to talk about that here in the next segment okay we're talking with rod herkel road see i i'm it's coming out my lips don't move this morning but i i will tell you you know you're doing uh everything that i'm seeing you guys are doing a great job over at uh, sumner regional and uh, of course with the high point health system so we're going to continue our conversation wait until you hear what's coming up next we'll be right back with more sumner county spotlight You've been listening to Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon, a public affairs program heard right here at WHIN. You can also hear this broadcast and other episodes on our podcast page at whinradio.com. And if you'd like to appear on this program, just send me an email to jeff at whinradio.com. Stand by. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. All right, we're back with Sumter County Spotlight on our final segment uh, this week. And, you know, it's been a, a great week. We've had tons of information that we've uh, disseminated here this weekend. Uh, don't forget, this is going to be on our podcast page at whinradio.com. So you can always listen to these segments as well as others and relive it over and over again because it's just such great information. You need to hear it more than once, I'll tell you that. But we're going to continue our conversation with Rod Harkle Road. You're getting there. It's, it's, it's the R that gets me, I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, I, I think you're good. I'm I'm happy with that. You've beaten out 99% of the people that tried. So I have to go, <laughs> roll my R's, something. You know, Rod is the marketing president for High Point Health and the CEO of Sumner Regional Medical Center. And we also have Carrie Lambrecht. See, I'm working on your name, too. Lambrecht. Lambrecht. I did, see. I'm going, Good job. Hey, I had to do this for a living. <laughs> you know, we, we were talking earlier about the technology that's available to you all right now, which is just fascinating. Over the years, how it's progressed with our imaging and, and all of the computer technology, it's just fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing where we're going in society. And, you know, and I look at where we are at the hospital. I mean, just 
from increasing new robotic surgeries that, you know, are even more precise when you're doing surgeries for our, our docs and, you know, for our CTs and MRIs being upgraded so that you can, you know, I always say long ago, you could see an image, but now you can break it down into just the, the minute. And really when you're looking for cancers or any other kind of issues, the earlier the better, right? And mm. so now that you can look, look deep down into the to the tissue level and know what's going on in the muscular level, it's just amazing where technology is is moving and going to, and it is now really. Well, even in, in women's medicine, I think it's so much important now that you have that three D imaging that you can actually just see not just a one D flat image. You can see so much more, and maybe even find lumps or situations in the breast that you probably couldn't see before. Mm -hmm. As part of our Healthy Persons program, we we can see incidental findings in the breast and also the lungs. At Sumner Station, we have 3D mammography. It's really popular with women in this community. Mm -hmm. We even offer Saturday mammograms, too. So it's not only technology, but it's also convenient. Sure. So um, that's been really popular this past year. So people can come in once a month on Saturday and get their um, screenings in the mornings from like 8 to 12. So if you can't take off work or you can't find care for the kids, um, we still have accessibility to people people who need that service. Well, what a great location, too. Sumner Station is right there, big station camp in uh, 386, easy on and off, and you're you're out of here. Oh, no, that's probably one of, I always say, you know, Bill Sugg, who bought that property when I was a nurse at the hospital long ago, he had a vision, and I will tell you, it was a smart vision. It may have been a little early then, but you know now we're definitely reaping from that. I mean, it's a great site, and you're right, easy access, get in and out. Probably one of our, you know, from a patient standpoint, satisfaction. It's one of our highest things that we get is out of that area. So at Sumner Station, you you have like an emergency room. What other facilities and what other options you have there? Yeah, so we you know we have our emergency room, okay. and you know, of course, 24/7. Then we have an imaging center that pretty much, and our women's centers. So, I mean, easy access. And then mm-hmm. and then really our Carpenter Cancer Center is there. So we have medical oncology, radiation oncology. We do a lot of our treatment uh, there. Um, we have our linear accelerator, which is what, like you said, once again, one of those a piece of equipment that can diagnose your whole body. And then we actually have our biggest primary care office, um, some peds there. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's on 26 acres. Uh, <laughs> it's such a way to grow in the future. Yeah. And that area is growing so much, as you, as you see. You know, it's just incredible over there. Hey, what about the... Um, this new bariatric surgery program. What's that about? Yeah, so, you know, what we you look at society and, and realizing that people are wanting to lose weight, and sometimes genetically it's difficult. And so we are actually opening a brand new bariatric program. Uh, Dr. Reed, who is actually one of our general surgeons, uh, has done training on this, uh, and we've, we've already are starting to see our first patients now, and it's kicking off this year. So it's really going to be a, a year-long program. So not only will you have surgery with us, but we'll track you keep up we have psychiatrists psychologists we have nutritional services dietitians everyone working to not only help you get to the surgery but to track you for a year to help you get through mm-hmm. that process so we're really excited about it it's actually lifelong and we had our first public seminar on monday it was well attended and dr reed really stressed the mental health component um, and how it's it's a lifelong commitment. And so we didn't get here overnight, overweight overnight. Sure. And, you know, you're not going to lose all the weight right, you know, right away. And it takes work to keep it off. It's just a tool. Yeah. Um, just like Ozempic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I think every other ad that comes across social media is Ozempic. You get this. Let's go to let's go to Mexico. We'll get whatever. Yeah. The, it's crazy. Well, <laughs> I think there's still the research is, you know, I always say I think if. I want people to feel healthy and, you know, I think there's so many different ways to get to it. So, you know, get your, be healthy. That's the drive right. and, yeah. and and look for, you know, do the things that you need to do. Get your colonoscopies, get your, you know, mammographies. You know, I think there's just so many things that need to be done to keep us healthy. Well, I think one, too, that you had mentioned earlier is mental health. This is a big deal here lately, and especially with our youth. And I've talked to many people on this show about mental health in our children and, and the depression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You just treat it with drugs. I mean, what you know? What can you do? It's a well. You know, I think that, you know. I think one thing that COVID's kind of showed us a little bit is that mental health in the younger children have kind of popped a little bit. You know, because they spent time by themselves at home or they were doing virtual. Um, so I think you know what we realize is you know mental health is a lot of it drives through the emergency room and then you try to find. So what we're trying to do is, of course, we've opened opened a new geriatric psych unit. 
um, and it's opened up about two months ago, and that's really focusing on the Medicare population or elderly. But we are looking at opportunities and maybe to expand that into an adult unit as well. Mm-hmm. But then also looking at psychiatrists, psychologists that we can employ and put into the community to kind of help because it doesn't do any good if you go to the ER, you get a little bit of medicine. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. any other disease or uh, issue, whether you have heart failure or whatever, you need medication, you need to talk with people. And, you know, our job is to create access and and really help those individuals because, you know, it's it's an important piece of where we're, we're going in the future. We want to build something at Gallatin that can really do do support that group. No, absolutely. And with our, our elderly population that, that we obviously have here, and it's going to continue, I think it's so vital that they have access to that kind of help and not just, hey, just sit here and, all right, tell me some problems. You know, it, sometimes it goes a lot deeper than that. You it know? does. And sometimes medication is the driving point. Sometimes there's yoga that's out there now that has been added uh, from some therapy methodology. But I, I think in the end is seeking help. Like I said, I've got I got high blood pressure. I did when I was young. I picked that up for my mom. And if you're listening, mm. mom, thanks for that genetic pickup. <laughs> but I have to take a piece of medicine to keep my blood pressure down. And it keeps me from having a heart attack one day or a stroke. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm proud to say I'm okay with that. Genetics got me. I was playing football in great shape and I still had hypertension. Yeah. So what I would tell if you're out there and, and you have some issues that you're trying to deal with don't look at it as a negative thing and just something that may the way you were born and and mm-hmm. that's okay to take medicine and do that it's just it's right we want to make it feel like don't don't look bad upon that we want to be there to help you you know and the healthcare industry is so huge and there's so many aspects of it and i think here recently you're getting ready to form a partnership with ascension st thomas so we got to hear about that that's uh, the big news here you and honestly it's probably in my career probably one of the greatest things that i've ever done and you know not only did i get to come back home you know really work in the hospital that i grew up as a, a nurse in but we started looking at what's somebody that we can partner with to have a really great partner that cares about their community who actually has some spiritual ties i mean we look at the ability you know faith-based driven there was no one in the region that matched that Mm -hmm. what they could do and as we sit down and started talking with them they matched us completely and i will tell you their ceo fahad who runs the region he is so excited about not only growing services but driving their mission into this community so you know i think it's really one of the exciting pieces so if you didn't know i mean we are now going to be shifting to we're going to be called high point health sumner with ascension st thomas okay and uh so that's you know and that's what we're moving to Okay. With a partnership, what does that mean from their standpoint? How are they going to be contributing to the current system? Yeah. So, of course, we're partners. You know, they are part owner of us now. And what they see is they want to take their doctors. You know, we've already got great physicians mm-hmm. that are in our market, but sometimes it's hard to recruit, you know, a lot more cardiologists or vascular surgeons. So what they're going to do is take their doctors at St. Thomas and they're going to and bring them out to our community and they're going to live in our community. They're going to see patients here. I mean, our heart program and we've already added two doctors and we'll probably add two more and and honestly you'll probably look up on the side of the building and it'll say uh, St. Thomas Heart there and we're going to expand the heart services and then you know you look at vascular surgery you look at OB I mean you know mm-hmm. they're St. Th- one NICU yeah number one NICU in the region so having those physicians to partner with our physicians and then also having some the ability to get some capital growth and and really really make a difference in the community and and I'll be honest with you. One thing about their mission that I liked is we're a part of them and it's, you know, our job is to take care of the needy too. And Mm -hmm. I think what you will see is part of this ministry and uh, things that we'll be doing is a lot more stuff in the community to to drive care uh, uh, from a free standpoint, like having special like events in the community where people can come out and having providers, you know, see patients. So it's just a great partnership. We're so excited. Well, it's great. And and I think you're going to have access to, well, you have more docs on board, which means you can get in to see people faster. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, honestly, being a CEO and a nurse too, you've got to build an infrastructure to your hospital. You got to do your bread and butter really well. But as if you start to grow services and if you want to do more higher end, you've got to have a lot of specialists. So if let's say I'm going in for a heart procedure and my kidneys start acting up, I need a good nephrologist that's going to be able to work on that. So what you're going to see us is having a lot of different specialists. So when you show up at our house, 
that if yep. something goes wrong in one area, you've got the doctor there to take care of you wow. via that specialized. Yes. So that's really great for our community. No, that's that's so important, you know. And I was thinking earlier that the mental health issues going on, uh, you probably have a big influx of, of people coming in for mental health uh, issues after they listen to the Jeff Shannon show. Uh, that, <laughs> It's one of our diagnosis codes, so when they come in, we do. Are, do you fall under that category? And we usually admit them immediately. Hey, I've been using my Shannon-tizer. You know, it's, you know i got to keep it clean, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I think that is just so fascinating. When you can have a partnership with an organization such as that, that has to make you all huge. Yeah, it, well, it gives you a network now. Yes. To, and, and honestly, too, when if you come to our shop and here at Sumner and, and something's not, you know, maybe we can't meet that need – we can pick up the phone now and call St. Thomas Midtown or West, mm-hmm. and and we're part of their family now. You get admitted right through the system. You go straight downtown. So we have a great tertiary center that offers every services that you need. So it's just a win-win. So are you guys a trauma center, like level one or any we're of that? Level three, I don't know what the level we're level three, three yeah. trauma center. Okay. I mean, we do neurosurgery, okay. and we have a surgical team that's ready to help for trauma. But, you know, as the trauma levels go from three to two to one, there's different criteria. So we probably wouldn't have, you know, something high-end thoracic surgeon on call 24-7 at our so. Yeah. That's where our partner comes in, and we can fly them out, and or we can take an ambulance down right. to them. Um, so you you have you know the the landing facilities at the hospital. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: so, and because there's been a lot here lately with these crashes, people running in, into each other, and the the seriousness of it. If they had to life flight them in, would they take them here or downtown? If they had a, they would take. If they had a life flight them yeah. in, we would take them downtown. I okay. mean. I mean, you can life flight in from Macon County or somewhere that that maybe needs a service that we have. I mean, life flight doesn't always represent that the patient is always over the top. Right, or right. It's just some communities can only see stuff. But in our end, if if you showed up at our hospital and you had something major that we needed, we would fly you out. Yeah. If you know one thing about St. Thomas, they have helicopters ready to run. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it's a quick move here. Yes. And there. Oh, you got to have that, especially this crazy traffic. That's for sure. Oh yes. I, <laughs> I go to a Titans game and it's like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got to fly me in. Just yeah, drive me right, right there. Right. <laughs> so listen, we've had a, a great conversation here with our, our friends over at Sumner Regional, soon to be... High Point Health Sumner with Ascension St. Thomas. And, um, you know, we'll, hopefully the signages will be going up too. But I always okay. say signs are are important, but the, the new docks and the, and the new things that we'll be adding is what really counts. Well, let me tell you, I'm, I'm so impressed with that. And it's to have that expansive network immediately to you, that's so important. Because in a lot of cases, you need that like real quick. So I'm so I'm so happy about that. That just I think it's a game changer for Sumner County for sure. So we've been talking with our marketing president of High Point Health and the CEO of Sumner Regional. It's going to be an incredible thing, and I wish you the best. Keep us in touch with everything that's going on because you guys are just doing great things. Carrie, I keep getting your press releases. It just keeps getting better and better. Thank you. So thank you. We'll come so, again and let you know our progress in the next three months. Oh, i got to do that. Have us. No, yeah. it is. didn't scare you away. No. <laughs> if I can just learn to say the name right, Rod Harker, Harker Road. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's the R that gets me. You are Tennessee, by the way. So that's I mean, right. they, they didn't name it. They could have named it Harker Road. Yeah, I mean, I asked. <laughs> why that didn't happen but you know i mean i get it i mean you know tennessee sounds stronger yeah well you have great history here in tennessee so it's you gotta look them up you'll see the history you'll be amazed so listen guys thank you so much for for coming in it's been a pleasure and uh, as always a lot of fun thank you Thanks thank you appreciate us. it all right that's gonna wrap it up for this segment of summer county spotlight with your host jeff shannon join us again next sunday right here at 10 o'clock at whin you can hear it on our podcast page at whinradio.com so we'll check you next time so shannon's the name Music's a game. We'll see you then, and so long. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.